Hey everyone, this is Jackson Swearer, entrepreneur and navigator for Startup Hutch and your host for The Hot Seat. This month, I sat down with Andrew Penrose, owner of Jacks for All Trades in Bueller. This is the second in a two-part series of our trip out to Bueller, Kansas to talk to some of the great small businesses that they have in that community. Andrew and I talked about the importance of planning ahead and hard work when you take over an existing business and try to remodel it into something completely new and fresh. Andrew has a great point of view about the importance of working together and for the community, and I think that he's done a great job of taking an existing business in Bueller, Kansas that needed some freshening up and bringing something that is truly new and unique to Bueller, Kansas, and that will be great for that community for years to come. Take a listen. Thanks, Andrew. To uh, get us started here, can you tell us your name and the business that you own? Yeah, I'm Andrew Penrose, and I own Jacks for All Trades. All right. Thanks, Andrew. So how long have you been the owner for Jacks for All Trades? A little over a year and a half of owning it now. Okay. So pretty new. You're a you're a new startup, but you bought an existing business and then rebranded. So talk to me a little bit about that process and what inspired you to buy this business. <laughs> well, the inspiration was, uh, it was kind of a long journey. Um, I'll try and keep it summed up here for this, but uh, essentially I'd worked in other management things and done some operational things. I uh, uh, ran a window cleaning company and decided I wanted to own a business and had let my family know and they had shared it with church community and whatnot and they kind of let us know about it and I came up and took a look and uh, when I walked in, my initial thought was, if they're making money, I know I can make more uh, was the concept. I just saw a lot of opportunity uh, within the store. And so one of the assessments that we made was it was previously called Stucky Wood Products, but they really didn't produce wood products anymore. They had at one point in time and they'd never rebranded it. And part of the evaluation was what can we do marketing wise as far as to expand this, to make it a bigger picture item. And uh, we actually, we spent probably two years trying out different names, looking at different options, uh, talking to some different focus groups that we had built from friends from different parts of the country and um, tried out names on random people that we didn't know, um, did some Facebook testing on some stuff and really came back to the Jacks for All Trades because it gave us uh, one, a, a very broad spectrum um, being in a small community, it left the door open for us um, so that we can bring in whatever we need to to take care of a trade in town or take care of a group in town, and it still fits. But it also plays to some of my past of having a teaching degree and having worked in retail and having been short order cook and having uh, just there's a lot of different things I've done. And so that just kind of summed up both the play on words, then the the fun of kind of the history of how I got here and then also leaving that door open for us. Awesome. OK, so you've hinted at it a little bit already. Uh, retail store. Tell us what Jack's for All Trades is as a business. Well, we uh are primarily hardware and lumber, but we also dabble in a lot of different areas. We've had some feed products. We do some 
farm things. We have everything from electrical to screen and window repair. So uh, when people try to ask us, it's, it's a culmination of a lot of the big box stores kind of wrapped up in a tiny little package here in Bueller. And uh, so we, we try to service the town is really what we're looking for. So we look for the opportunities of whatever our community brings. And that's that's kind of the goal at the base of it is to make sure that whatever we're doing speaks directly to the town and so that the town can get the most out of it. And of course, you have to take into consideration other things, but that's really the bubble we're in um, is how can we best help the contractors in our area? How can we help the gardeners in our area? How can we help the project people? And just like, what are the little niche pieces that we can get into? You know, as a business owner in a small town, I think you play a really important role in the local economy, an outsized one more than a small business owner in a larger community. Uh, talk to me a little bit about what you like about being a business owner in a community like Bueller. Well, I grew up in a couple of different uh, smaller towns. I lived in Ark City for a long time, which is not as small as Bueller, but it still has a lot of the small town mentality. And I, I grew up with different businesses sponsoring my uh, music programs and my sports teams and just all those different aspects. Um, as well as living in a, a smaller town, probably not a whole lot bigger than Bueller up in Idaho. And, uh, you know, everybody knows everybody in the high school, the junior higher at the same building, you know, those kinds of things. And we wanted to be able to, one, have our kids have that experience. It's hard to allow your kids to be in the business with you growing up through it in a large town. Um, there's just a lot of safety issues. There's a lot of things you have to really watch out for here. People encourage it. They want to be there. When my daughter is running the cash register, they're excited to see that. You know, they, they think that's fantastic. Um, but it also gives us a really good chance to not just give back to something, but give back with purpose. Um, so when we support the trap team, we know those kids. You know, when we go and support a musical, we know those kids. When we talk to the FFA, we, we talk to those kids. We deal with them directly. Um, and then we deal with their parents, you know, their parents are in. And so it, it creates that support of community that creates the the payback uh, in a lot of ways, uh, not just in the aspect of, yeah, we get business, which is great, but it's the, you see these kids grow when they get opportunity. Uh, and our really one of our big next steps that we're hoping to be able to do in the future is to be able to hire some of those kids. We're just not quite there yet, but then that's the next step is, when they're there, how can we help grow them just like the school's growing them, just like our community's growing them and, and you know, push them to the next step? Well, I, I think that's a really important and, and I think, you know, something that most people see as a real value of small businesses and communities is that they give back to the communities that they're from. And that's why the, the local businesses are so important. But this community has also you know, come out to support you as well. I know you've brought a, 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 some spring events to Bueller that I think you had your second annual of an event that you all have started hosting in the spring. Correct me if I'm wrong on that, but talk to us a little bit about what it's been like to see the community come out and trying to create some community opportunities like that. Yeah, it's been it's been fantastic. And it, it, you always kind of go in guessing and you, you try to do your best research that you can and you, you don't want to step on people's toes and you want to be respectful of the other things that are going around. But uh, yeah, we had our second annual Spring into Jacks. And last year, you know, was the first year. So people were just excited to see all the remodel. We kind of made a big reveal of it. So that, 
you know, you go, how many of the people came just because they were curious, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, trying to peek in the door and behind the, the, the glass and, Hey, Hey, what are you doing in there? And so you go, okay, well, how many of them were just curious and how many of them really wanted to come back? And this year was just as good of a turnout. And this year, the, the real fun was we started pulling in even more groups. So uh, Spring into Jacks is is kind of a trade show of some. It's not like a traditional trade show. We try to feature businesses that are local down there. We're we're not trying to get some massive sales out of the day. Um, so we have a new HVAC guy that's in the area, and so he was down. He got to speak. He got to set up. He got to meet the community while people were coming through. There's a, a honey a vendor that's just come in. They just started a honey business up in Inman. When they came down and they were able to meet people, the uh, junior high archery club and the B club came and they spoke and we took videos of that and we posted that. But just trying to get the community to come together. Um, you know, we did some live music. We had some local food trucks that were there uh, for both days. And it's just fun when you look out and you see people standing around the tables or the yard games or uh, when we had the classic cars standing around talking about their cars and just just having a good time and hanging out. And uh, we've also started doing throughout the summer, once a month, we do a just a hangout and we provide s'mores and fire pits and people can come play yard games and that's it. The store's not open. It's just to come down and hang out and just to see community involved. Um, we very much believe in and kids being from strong communities and how we can play a part in that. And we're so segmented in our culture today um, that we feel like we need to do what we can to try and help people come together. Um, there's so many reasons not to talk to the person next to you and not say hi and not hang out. We need to create some reasons to do it. Well, speaking of that coming together, which I think is really important for communities in general, I think there's a pretty strong small business community here in Bueller. Can you speak a little bit to that and what it has been like as a newer business owner coming into a community that's full of, you know, established, longstanding businesses, people who've been around for a long time? What has that been like? Uh, it's been fantastic. Of course, you go in the small town, you get to hear about everything that's happened, past, present, and what they think the future is going to hold. Um, but what I love about that is most of the time you're getting a pretty honest evaluation of what they see and what they've been through. So they can kind of help narrow down some things for you and knock some things off or at least give you places to start investigation. Uh, I managed the store for about four years before we bought it so that I could kind of get a feel and we could get um, finances in line. And uh, I was able to talk with, well, uh, Bartels at Bartel Kitchen and Bath were great resources. Uh, I talked to Chris and Shelley several times since they had gone through a transitional purchase of you know what were some of the things they saw, what were some of the things they were concerned about or that they learned from the process. And, and so that helped me in my process as far as what I was looking for. And But then also just having the support of former business owners that came down and they were excited about the prospect of what I was doing. And for them to come and give me evaluation of, yeah, well, we used to do these types of things. They went over really well. Um, you know, you might look at that and that might be, you know, how you approach your mailer or um, what kind of groups are there. And they tell you the important dates. These are dates that are really important to this community. And make sure you don't step on these dates because, you know, you may not know about it, but these are important. If you do that, you're going to get a bad rap, you know. And so 
being able to do that, but also the openness of uh, pretty much all the businesses in town of just they all are pretty open to share their pros and cons and the uh, you know what to look out for and what's helpful and they want to see you succeed. Everybody here has a pretty good concept that if one of us is doing well, it draws business for the rest of us and very respectful of not stepping on each other's toes and trying to help each other, you know, especially during COVID. I know I had a business in town that approached me because their vendor couldn't get a product. And so we worked together to kind of trade because there's some things I couldn't get and they could get and vice versa. And so we we worked together to try and get the product in for the community because it wasn't really about at that point us making a ton of money off of that. It was about making sure that the community had the services that they needed. And, you know, it's it's refreshing to see that. And it's it's nice to be a part of it. I think that's a great sense of community. And one of the real benefits of particularly our smaller towns across Reno County is that people are really willing to come together and pull together and and hopefully in one direction or or close enough to one direction to be moving forward. I'm wondering if you'll be willing to to pay it forward a little bit, some of the advice that you got, some of maybe one or two uh, pieces of advice that you got either related to buying a business or just being a new business owner in general that have been in now looking back were really important to you. Well, I, one of the first things is uh, I don't think you can dive too deep uh, in when you're preparing for a business. I went through a lot of extra steps, and I kind of wish I would have done a couple more. Um, and most people thought I was overprepared for what I was doing. But um, whether it's uh, approaching some other businesses and asking maybe some more what I felt were intrusive questions – but they really probably weren't intrusive. So, you know, directly asking a business in another town that's very similar, hey, can can you at least give me some statistics off of what you're doing or how that looks? Or, you know, what are the, you know, if you're looking at bringing in a vendor, um, go approach people who have that vendor and ask them, what's your experience? How has that gone for you? Um, I felt like I was going to be a little overly intrusive uh, now that I am a business owner, I look at it and they're, you know, they provide me a product, but they're just a vendor. Like I, I want to be as good to them as I can, but it is a product. And so when you look at it, that aspect, then it kind of takes away that personal, like, oh, this is, you know, you're, they're not going to give you the exact numbers, but they can be like, well, if I had my druthers or I used to use this group and please stay away from them because you might find out something, uh, and then probably the biggest lesson I've learned this year, uh, this last year, was be very particular about the numbers coming into you. I had a couple of vendors that things got a little screwy and I wasn't on top of it as quickly as I should have been. And it bit me a little bit. Um, and, you know, just don't be afraid to to spend that time. It feels like you're just wasting time on those numbers uh, and going through your invoices and double checking things and making sure they match. Um, but when they don't match, it really comes back. And when it's later, it's harder to deal with. I think I got half your question. Was there a second part? To no, that? I think, no, I think you, <laughs> thanks. Thanks, Andrew. I think you got, I think you got the question there. I think there's a couple of great pieces of advice, you know, make sure you understand what you're doing and what you're buying and that there's, there's no such thing as too much research before yeah. you start something or before you buy something, either one. And also this idea that you have to be paying close attention to what's going on with your with your finances or as the business owner it's best if you can do that but you at least need somebody that you trust yes to be doing that for you i would say 
So I think that's really important. Peeling back the curtain a little bit, and I, I know this is kind of a your relatively young business owner, if you will. What are what are some of the challenges that you face that you've had to overcome that you think might be a little unexpected, might be the sorts of things that people wouldn't necessarily prepare for that you could help them with by sharing those? I'm asking you to be a little bit vulnerable here for me. So, But of course, I'm not asking you to give away all the secrets either. <laughs> Well, yeah. Um, I mean, there's there's so many aspects that you can look at, and uh, probably being really honest with myself about the there's there's a threshold that you have to look for between hiring somebody and how far you can push yourself. And you know, you think you're honest about where that threshold is for yourself, and and then you start getting into it. You really have to not only yourself be ready for that, um, but make sure that you're family is ready for that and the time commitment that it's going to take. But I will also say, make sure that you are true to yourself because owning a business, most people go into owning a business so that that way they have some control so that that way they can make some of those decisions. And for me, it's been really being honest about that, talking to my wife about it and making sure we're on the same page of, you know, sometimes I'm going to have to close the shop so that that way I can be at my daughter's events. Um, or I just need a day. Uh, I realized at one point that since we're open Monday through Saturday, um, I realized that I hadn't taken a day off for almost three months straight. And it was really wearing on me. And I hadn't really noticed how down I was getting as far as just energy and you know, you start losing a little bit of that fire, not because it's not there, but you just literally have nothing to give. And so having those times where you can have somebody watch or, you know, take a day, the customers will still be there. They'll, they'll, they'll come back. It'll be okay. And you got to do that because when you can come back refreshed, you're going to be more effective. You're going to work better. You're going to work faster and you'll be able to keep the drive going. Um, I know that's been one of the pieces I've had to keep a very close eye on. And, you know, making sure you have a good, strong plan and sticking to your plan. There's a lot of distractions that just come in and it's, it's easy to, especially when things are going well, actually to start deviating from your plan because you think I've got the extra space. I've got, you know, Hey, we're, we're way ahead on sales and you know, it's fantastic, but you got to stick to what those things are and, and how you want it to proceed because um, as soon as you start getting too far ahead of yourself, then every advantage you had, you just played all your cards on. And so being sure first before you get out there and, and it's okay. It's okay to step back and be like, okay, we're going to hold back the reins for a little bit. Um, and we're just going to wait on this. Things are going fantastic. They're awesome. We're going to just double check all this before we move on to the next piece. And and sometimes there's those things you have to flip around and you just have to pivot and you go. And that's that. That's part of being a business owner. But don't feel obligated because so many people will push you because you're doing so well of, hey, you know, I, we, we were pretty blessed in that we we grew pretty dramatically the first year. Uh, we almost hit our three-year goal in the first year. And Really, had we not had the COVID shortages, we probably would have exceeded it. But in that, you have to really gauge what are the important things to grow? What are the important things that we need to add? And what things do we still need to wait on? Uh, and that, you know, you get them right sometimes and sometimes you get them wrong. And uh, you, you have to gauge that and 
you know, come back and reassess and redirect and okay, let's move on from there. Speaking of things that you've gotten right now, I asked you a question about challenges and overcoming them. I want to ask you a question now, you know, what is one thing that you had in your plan for what you were going to do that's gone really well that you can say, I'm really glad I did that. <laughs> oh man, there's, there's a lot of different pieces to that probably the remodel was the biggest. It not only did it do what I expected, but it, it went further. Well, that sounds like there's a little bit of risk in that, right? Because you've got an existing store, you've got a layout that you know people know, and so now you're talking about a remodel that you probably got some downtime for the business. Did you have to spend some time closed? You know, just talk a little bit about that. How how did that work, and why was that so successful for you? Well, part of it was the amount of time we put into preparing for it. I, I didn't. I definitely didn't go in not knowing. I I had already mapped out the entire store literally to scale on graph paper and literally cut out little tiny graph paper sheets of shelves that I could lay out the store plan and lay out the pieces and measure it out and see how many feet was between and how much shelving I was getting in this layout and then change it around and see if I like that layout better. Um, and I, I played with that for uh, about six months. I came down to two designs that I really liked. And then I took that to other experts. And I, I laid it out for them and said, Hey, this is what I'm looking at doing. This is how I, I think I want to lay out the store. What's your thoughts? And so they gave me feedback on compliance issues and things like that and make sure I check these aspects. And so we ran through all of those pieces. And once I got what I wanted, then it came down to, like you said, okay, so do you shut down your store? How do you go about this? Um, and I basically devised a plan for a transitionary process. So within the first six months, the first two months were breaking down the middle section of the store in the dead of winter with no heat back there, <laughs> breaking all that down, cleaning it up. Um, and that was literally unscrewing wood shelving pieces and just a lot, a lot of cleanup, um, organizing and figuring out what we had, finding stuff we didn't know we had finding things that were broken that we thought we had, you know, all that kind of stuff and being meticulous and organizing those. And, and, um, as soon as that was done, we started scavenging. We actually had started during that process looking for any type of shelving that we could find on the market. And that was right in the middle of COVID when everything, like I had shelves locked up. It was a done deal. We were just waiting until we had the opportunity to get them. And I called and they said, yeah, we're not doing that anymore. Um, shelving's gone up too high and we're not selling any of ours off anymore. We're just going to store. And so we had to kind of start looking around and, uh, we made a couple trips out to, and I don't even remember the name of the tiny little town that we went out to in, uh, Missouri and got some gray shelving from a store that shut down and brought it all back. And we set it up in the middle section of the store, Literally removed everything from the front section of the store, moved it out to the middle section, um, section by section, piece by piece, gutted the whole front and then started. And we had to get that done within the first six months. We had to get everything moved to the middle, get the front redone, painted, redo the floor, put in new wiring, some sections, set up the new point of sale system. And then we bought shelving from another business that was going out of the business, set that up in the front section, uh, and then move everything back within the first six months. So we could be ready for our first spring into Jack's, which was our big reveal. And 
It was a very intense time. There was a lot of midnights, one o'clock in the mornings, but we also had some amazing help from our church and our family and friends that um, would come down and just help clean product or move product. And and then we did make an investment that definitely did pay off. It was one I, I wasn't sure about, but we had a company come in and help us set the store. But within three days, we had the entire store reset um, front to back. And that included the new shelving and the old shelving that we had bought. Both of them actually ended up getting used. We added over 300, 350 foot of shelving, I think, in total. But the immediate reward was uh, the amount of sales instantly increased. Um, The clarity of the product, the ease, the organization of it. I had people coming in and who have been here for, lived here their whole life. And, oh, we're so glad that you carry this product now. And I could look at the tag and be like, we he's carried this since 1995. Like it's literally been on the shelf since 1995, but putting it into a format that people could understand it, it did more than pay off it. I mean, it immediately increased our sales 20 to 30% over what had been previously happening. And it also opened up a whole new clientele base. Women felt more comfortable shopping because it was in a better format for them to be able to see it. You could see clear distinctions between branding and pricing, and uh, it just, it, and it's still continuing. I still have people that are showing up that used to live in town and have been down there, and they, oh, I didn't realize you carried this product. Uh, that's still stuff that was from 2012, you know. But yeah, great, you know, and they come and they buy it, and oh, I wish they carried this before. Well, they did, but that's okay. Come back, and we'll have more for you. You know, kind there of you thing. go. Well, uh, thank you. For that example, and also thank you for your investment in in Bueller and in this community. Uh, it sounds like that's been an investment of both time and money on your part and your family's part, and on other other people within your your network's part as well. Which is, I think, the story of almost every successful entrepreneur. There's this myth out there that the solo entrepreneur does it all themselves, and that's how it all gets done. And uh, in, in my experience, in my line of work, that's just not not what it is. Um, it takes a takes a team to make something happen, and it sounds like you've uh, built a good one. So I want to get us out of here on uh, on a question looking forward to the future. What is something that you are excited about about your business that really keeps you coming back for more and, and makes you excited about the future for Jacks for All Trades? Ooh, there's a lot of things. I would say... Well, one, this year, I'm excited about the fact that we don't have any immediate building projects. So not spending extra money on that stuff, but that's just more of a short-term thing. Long-term is uh, we already have a lot of really neat relationships starting to build, uh, and it's it's exciting to see whether it's the high school, whether it's some of the businesses in town that we work with. It's, it's exciting to see the opportunity of working in conjunction and the the expansion of the business is only going to be limited to how much we want to help the community. And there's always opportunity in that. And for myself, it's seeing more opportunity as I get to help other businesses and getting to work with them and consult with them and show them things that I'm doing or have done. And uh, I think I think that's probably the most exciting is just everything that's happening is based off of growth and response. 
And so when we grow, we get to see Bueller grow. And it's just that symbiotic relationship that just gets you excited about any of the opportunities, whether we, you know, we hope we get to do a garden center while we're working with the garden club at the high school, you know, and those are the things that you go, okay, these are, these are fun things that really have an opportunity. Not only do we get to see their program succeed and grow and see this in the students and in the community being excited about that, but they are also going to help us grow as we build that. And we do relationship with them down at, at Jackson. Um, those are the fun things and the exciting things when you can walk away and you don't just say, well, I made some money. You walk away and you say, well, we helped grow the community. And, you know, and whenever that happens, we always benefit, you know, and that that's the exciting stuff. Awesome. Well, I think that's spot on. I think that this collaboration and sense of community is always really important and what helps businesses thrive. This was the the second in a series of two podcasts that we're doing featuring some great Bueller businesses. So we're here in a space of, of Shelly Bartels. And if any <laughs> listeners to this episode missed last month's with Shelly, I encourage you to go back and listen to that as well. I think you will here's some common themes about the importance of community and of coming together and helping each other to provide opportunities that that lift all boats. So, and thank you to you, Andrew, for spending some time with us today. I greatly appreciate you uh, giving some insights into your experience as a, a new business owner. And hopefully that will help to inspire some folks, whether it's to purchase an existing business and trying to renovate and renew it into something that can be a great asset for the community or to start something new of their own and take some of these principles about, you know, working hard and working together um, into that as well and trying to create more opportunities for folks, whether it's in Bueller or in any of our communities all around Reno County. I think that's what we need to see more of. And I applaud and appreciate what you're doing here at Jacks for All Trades in Bueller. I appreciate that. But they also need to remember one of the first steps they probably could do is just talking to you, Jackson. I know you helped me out a ton and Startup Hutch was a huge piece of us being able to close our loan deal. So use the resource that's already there. So yeah, I would encourage people to do that if they're interested. Well, on that uh, on that shameless plug, uh, I'll get us out of here on that. Thanks again, Andrew. And also thank you to our listeners for tuning in. I also need to thank Bowercom for the cover art and Christopher Racker and Salt City Sound for help with recording and posting the podcast. If you'd like to find out more about Startup Hutch, you can find us on our website, startuphutch.com, or on most social media platforms at Startup Hutch. We hope that if you're a business owner, you'll also consider joining the Startup Hutch Idea Exchange, our private Facebook group where small business owners in Reno County can share ideas about business and ask each other questions. Finally, I hope that you'll do us a favor by sharing the podcast and also by letting us know if there's anybody that you'd like to have on the podcast in the future. You can reach us either in the comment section on Facebook or by using the contact page on our website. Thank you for listening, and we hope you'll tune in next time. Mm-hmm.